We were really lucky, very blessed. And it was also scary. Levi Kelly, who is a huge Airbnb reviewer, was our very first guest. So there was no pressure whatsoever in there. He is a great guy. But once he uploaded the videos and started sharing them, things took off for us. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. In just a moment, you'll meet Jamie Jenkins, the creator of The Carpenter's Cabin, a top-rated luxe cabin stay in southeastern Ohio's scenic wonderland, Hocking Hills. Jamie has always had a knack for the creative. She remembers drawing up floor plans of beach cottages in elementary school and building furniture for her Barbies. A graphic designer and event planner by trade, Jamie loves using design as a way to communicate the story behind a space, an idea, or an experience. So when it was time to build the first cabin on the 32-acre plot that Jamie and her husband Scott had purchased, Jamie knew she wanted an eco-friendly escape that was truly special, that had a soul, if you will. And that's when the idea of building a space to honor the memory and legacy of her father, a lifelong carpenter, was sparked. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Jamie and get ready to hear the story behind The Carpenter's Cabin. All right, Jamie, so if I were to show up at your house for a family dinner and I were to be invited to sit at the the family table, right, talk to me about what 
I might be getting myself into. Like what, <laughs> describe to the best of your ability what that scene might look like. I, it would be, so if you come just when Scott and I are here, Scott's my husband, so we partner in this. If it's just the two of us, it would be a very different scene as if the kids and grandkids were here. So okay. if you show up and it's just the two of us, you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much one to cook. Um, our meals are pretty simple. We're really busy people. We eat quickly. Um, actually, gluten and dairy freeze are food options are limited. Um, but we eat, um, you know, the dogs get walked and we're back at our computers in the, front of the TV. <laughs> yeah. It's usually when I do, um, some of the social media stuff. So I'll do it in the evening after dinner, or I do it like between five and six thirty AM. Wow. So my days, days are long, but if you arrive and the kids and grandkids are here, it's chaos, but it's a very happy, loving chaos. So <laughs> I think you would feel warm and welcome. And I do cook more whenever they're here. Whenever they're around. And I like to create some specialty things. I'm, I don't know. I'm really fascinated by tiny foods. Huh. <laughs> so even if I, you know, if I make a dessert or whatever, I'll make individual servings of it rather than put it in a big dish. Interesting. I don't know. It's just a weird thing of mine. <laughs> I mean, some people like tiny homes. You like tiny foods, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't eat tiny, unfortunately, but they do like tiny foods. Yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting. That's awesome. And how many kids and grandkids do you have? We have two adult children. Okay. Uh, and our daughter and son-in-law actually live in about 20, 25 minutes from the cabin. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so they moved there from Columbus, Ohio, which is great. She actually does some of the cleanings for us and keeps an eye on things. Uh, but they have blessed us with three grandchildren. So we've got awesome. a six-year-old grandson, a three-year-old granddaughter, and an 18-month-old granddaughter. Wow. So they're a lot of fun. Yeah, fun ages. <laughs> yeah, still when grandma and grandpa are still like the coolest people in town, you know? At the moment, um, at the yes. moment we, yeah. We don't always get kisses out of James anymore, but <laughs> he's getting a little older, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I am really thrilled to to be chatting with you today, and and again, we connected on on Instagram, and um, I stumbled upon. I, I I was trying to remember the hashtag that I was using. I think I was just using some sort of like Lux Cabin or or okay. or uh, Airbnb Cabin, sort of like a hashtag, and I was kind of just scrolling through, and that's one of the ways I source guests for our right. show. And I stumbled upon the Carpenter's Cabin, um, okay. and you are the the visionary behind this this space, which is dedicated uh, to to sort of the the memory of your father, which is just in and of itself. You can you can tell that there's a, a wonderful story baked in there, and and I, yeah. I, I'm eager to like unpack all of that. But um, but before we do so. I wanted to learn a little bit more just about who you are, like how, how you got into the world of, of, of hospitality. Have you always worked in the space? Have you always dreamed of working in the space? Like what's, what's a little bit of, of, of Jamie's story before we dive into the story of the cabin? Yeah. Um, I, our daughter has the hospitality gene. Okay. Um, I have the gene for things being done correctly and perfect, which can drive other people crazy, <laughs> um, but guests love it. I mean, they see that in the design of the cabin. So my background is actually, my degree is in graphic design. Okay. Uh, I'm an interior designer and, you know, with these cabins kind of involved into architectural design as well, um, which I do for some of my 
uh, interior design clients as well, whether, you know, we're doing an addition or we're demoing a room and, you know, adding different things. So that wasn't foreign to me. Okay. Um, my dad was a carpenter, so I grew up with that. He and his brother built homes. So I've always been around that. Um, and I, I joke, I shared the story. Actually, an online magazine did an article kind of a, about my journey. And I said, it all started with Barbie. With Barbie. And with Barbie. Most girls, you know, they grab a hold of Barbie and they, you know, they're giving her more of a lifestyle where she's going out and doing this or that, or she's dressing this way or that way. Huh. <laughs> I played with Barbie and I built her furniture. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I designed her tablescape. So it started pretty young. Um, and I, you know, I've just always had that passion. I can remember in middle school, designing floor plans. Hmm. I didn't know that's what they were called at that time, but I just enjoyed the process of designing spaces. Wow. So yeah, I, I actually then evolved into event planning. Okay. Doubled into that in a very big way, which might've been a little foolish, but it worked. Um, I was approached because I did a lot of hosting in our home at that time. Um, and they knew that I had attention to detail. I okay. had a friend reach out and say, um, we need someone to plan our next national sales meeting for a Fortune 200 company. Wow. Wow. And I was just green enough to say, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll <laughs> do it. Um, they ended up hiring me. I love doing it. Um, they ended up hiring me the next year and then wanted me to take on their international sales meeting in Singapore, Jeez. which I actually declined, but uh, I did work in the event management space for about 20 years running my own business and I enjoyed it until, hmm. <laughs> until the last three years when I took on weddings. And it's not the brides, it's the mothers of the brides. <laughs> <laughs> They're the problem. They exactly. are the problem. Yes. Yeah. They're usually the ones paying. So they, they feel like they can, you know, push a little harder. But. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that. My my wife and I got married actually in Italy, like right before COVID. Oh. Oh. And um, I know we, we snuck in there in, in the nick of time. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we also at one point had to just send our mothers away. We were just <laughs> like, you you all are banned from talking to us or any of the people that are kind enough to work with us. Like, just go sit down, have a glass of wine, enjoy the enjoy the right. views. Get out of here. Um <laughs> Well, it's that, a different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's a stressful world. So, okay, so you, yeah. you learned a lot. Um, yeah. I'm sure just about sort of like managing expectations, managing, creating, cultivating experiences, right? Like exactly. half, half of event management is like ensuring that you're delivering some meaningful and memorable event, right? Experience for people, which obviously exactly. has has correlation to to what you do now um, mm -hmm. and, and really just the hospitality space in general. But um, yeah. but yes, super cool that you were you were designing Barbie's furniture, building her <laughs> furniture for her way back when. So this has been a, this has been a long time passion. So it has. you know, I I did a I did a quick Google search of your name kind of before before this interview, and I did stumble upon that that article that you are that you are referencing. Um, but before we we kind of graduate from this part of the conversation and talk a little bit more about the cabins during your time as, as an event manager, were there like a couple of things that have that like really stood out as 
I learned that then, and it has informed the way that I work now? And if so, what, what were those things? Yeah, I think probably the thing that would surprise most people is an, as an event manager of large events. And we've, I mean, I had done citywide events, you know, I've done smaller events, corporate events. Um, it, you know, it's kind of that crossroads of function and discovery. You want the guests to have an experience that sticks with them, hmm. a positive experience. Yeah. Um, and to achieve that, everything has to function very well because the minute they feel like something's not working, you're in trouble. Yeah. And you've just, you know, you've just fumbled on, that's, that's my sports ball term. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, uh, but you've just fumbled on delivering that positive experience. So that would be number one. But the other key thing is that things have to flow. You have to consider the movement in the space. So whether you're working in a big ballroom or, you know, some big trade center yeah. or something like that, or a home, you have to think about how people are moving and using those spaces. Yeah. And I think that, I hope I'm not jumping ahead here, but in the carpenter's cabin, we we get a lot of comments about the design, but a lot of times following that, they will mention maybe not using the term function. Yeah. But that's what they're expressing. It just, it lives the way it should live to function properly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that, and that makes sense. And, you know, my, I think I mentioned this to you over email, but you know, my wife and I spent the last 15 months like living full time on Airbnb. And uh, one of the things that we uh, we came to appreciate was when we were in a space where there wasn't it wasn't just a beautiful sort of like, you know, bespoke, cool right. cottage, but it, it, it there was there was deep intentionality around the function right. of the space. Right. Like some of right. our favorite spaces were actually the smallest spaces. Like we didn't necessarily need a huge space, right. but it was those small spaces where every nook and cranny was like wealth you know, thought about and it, you know, and everything that was there was there for, for a very specific reason. Exactly. So I, I can attest to, to that as a, as a guest. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, of the carpenter's cabin, so you spend uh, 20 plus years running an events management business. You're in, still doing interior design projects. I would imagine, you know, in conjunction with the event management business for friends, et cetera? I, like, were you, were you doing those simultaneously? Retired from the, yeah, I retired from the event management okay. and got out of that primarily because, you know, my husband would be traveling through the week and most events are on the weekends. Yeah. And so, I, okay, I'm done with that. I've done this long enough. And, um, yeah, so I retired for maybe two years. Maybe two years. Okay. <laughs> and there again, I'd always had a passion even before I went to school for my graphic design degree. I thought long and hard about an interior design degree. Okay. And my sister owns a restaurant in Indiana that at the time had like a little shop inside. So she invited me to go to the Atlanta spring market great this sounds like fun okay she spent her time in her building i spent time in the furniture building and my adrenaline was just so high and i thought i need i can't just finish up my life without doing this i've yeah. had people ask me several times over the years you know if i would do their homes i'm like no timing's not right you know i'm not interested in doing that and i thought time is right 
time is is now and so kind of opened up shop and it went it went very well wow. uh, i don't advertise um on those services i'm gosh i'm probably nine months out i just can't take take on anymore because it's just me yeah it's just you doing, yeah yeah so um yeah, it, it was kind of a weird thing. I just knew once I hit market and they, the cool thing about going to that market is that even at that time, I knew that we were going to be starting these vacation rentals. Okay. And so I was kind of looking with an eye of furnishing. So that's actually how I found our amazing organic uh, Turkish cotton and eucalyptus towels. Yeah. And got to feel them in their little storefront it's how i found our um organic french linen duvets i mean i just felt them saw the colors and fell in love and you get to meet some of the shop owners and things which makes a huge difference yeah um, so it just you know it spiraled from there and so you had gone into this market knowing that you were going to do the vacation rentals where where did where did the idea for the carpenter's cabin originate, and and why why did you all decide to to spin up vacation rentals? Like, what's what's the initial story there? Yeah, so the carpenter's cabin was built and designed for our family vacation rental or getaway. Okay, um, and there are <laughs> actually at the time we designed it, there were seven of us, but before we had it completed, we were up to nine. Okay, so. <laughs> It sleeps up to 12. So we knew that we were going to outgrow it at some point. Uh, so we always, when we bought the 32 acres, it was our plan to put three vacation rentals on it, essentially having a home for, you know, Scott and I and one for each of our two children. Yeah. So that was the plan. Um, and the, <laughs> just to sidetrack a little bit, and he'll kill me for putting this on air, but our son's name is Clark. And whenever they were young, our daughter would call him Clarky Poo. <laughs> so his name became Poo, which I still call him. I'm the only one who calls him Poo, unless he's having a bad day. And then it gets an extra, you know, syllable on the end. But um, I would always tell him that someday I was going to have a hundred acres for my Poo. Okay. Um, so I don't have a hundred acres. I have 32 but he's very outdoorsy and loves going down there. So it's, it's close. You know? It's where we are at this point. So, but I always said, you know, if we could have take three of the three of the corners of a piece of property and put a home for each of us to where we're not in each other's hair, yeah. but the grandkids could run back and forth. Um, you know, as a, I don't know how it is, you know, if you're a dad or whatever, but as a mom, you just want all your chicks in one place. Exactly. I and imagine. Yeah. The dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was kind of why we built the Carpenter's Cabin and the thoughts behind the two new ones. What we didn't realize is that people would love it as much as we do. Mm. So that surprised us and threw us, threw me into the world of hosting because um, we were just going to open it to guests whenever we weren't there. And it, it just, 
it went crazy, Yeah, so, which is wonderful. Um, and it's still surprising to me. I mean, being on this podcast is just crazy. You know, when we were shared on, on Bob Vila, I actually saw that. I'm really bad about checking my phone first thing in the morning. And I check my phone and see an Instagram notification that, you know, we've just been shared by Bob Vila. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> been shared on Shelter. We've been shared on Shelter a few times. And I'm, I'm just blown away because I look at the, some of the other things they share and I'm like, that's really humbling to be included yeah. among these folks. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, well. what like that, that's just a testament though, to, I think your commitment to designing a, a memorable place, right? Like your commitment to choosing to be intentional and slow and ensure that every nook and cranny is is thought through and people people appreciate beautiful things and people appreciate great work and 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 they're compelled to like share it right um right right and so you know and it's it's always fun it's always fun because you know I, i there are a lot of people in the space now that are like that's the dream. So how, they're designing, they're building stuff specifically to be featured on, you know, Dwell right. or podcasts or, you, right. know, a, a, you know, a YouTube channel, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's it's neat that like you sort of just, you were just you. You were just expressing right. like who you were in a in, in a space, really like who, who you know, your father was in, in a space. And, and that was the yeah. beauty and that was recognized by others. Yeah. I th- you know, I've always been constrained by, you know, what the client is, you know, hoping for, which is fine. Um, and even whenever we've owned like 13 homes, we've moved a few times, but you're still always working within that shell. So this was my first opportunity to go from the ground up. Yeah. Be very intentional about design. And the, the exterior was kind of designed from the outside in. So I took the idea of the iconic Monopoly house game piece, that very simple structure. And then it grew, it's a little bit longer because we have the the roof lines over each of the decks. It looks very long. But I designed the inside based on that basic shape. And then once I moved inside, there were just some things that I personally wanted and I some things that I honestly I put it in for the grandkids because whenever they visit, I wanted it to be a really special, exciting place for them to come. Yeah. So the pit, the conversation pit is both functional and fun. We've had comments on Instagram where people will say, "Well, that's that's not practical. That's a waste of space." That's actually not. There's no other way you can seat that many people in that small footprint. Yeah. Yeah. And people love it. I mean, we're not dealing with, you know, furniture that gets moved around. Everything happens in that pit also makes for great baby care. You don't have legacies in there and everything is good. So it works really well that way. But even as you walk down the hall, um, you can't really see it in photos, but when you're there in person, the hall makes a little, kind of a little jaunt as you walk towards the back to the more private areas. There are two bedrooms back there and a bathroom. And one of the reasons it does that is I don't want to walk in the front door of somewhere and immediately see someone walking out of the bathroom yeah. or out of the bedroom. <laughs> so there's a purpose for that little jaunt in the, the hallway. Um, the So the main floor bedroom, our 
our private suite is up in that loft, the one that has the third story screen deck. So that's for Scott and I. And that main floor master suite was designed with a couple of people in mind. Yeah. Um, number one, it's there's only one step up to that front deck to get into the cabin. One step. If my 84 or when she has visited my 84 year old mom, the carpenter's wife visits, it's an easy access for her to get in. Yeah. She stays on that main in that main floor master. And I, this probably sounds a little over the top, but I actually designed it very carefully to where it is easy for her to get in and out of bed. So that's why the height of that bed is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's also designed with that being there and the one bunk room being across the hall, Megan and Anthony, our daughter and son-in-law can sleep in that bedroom with the kids in the bunks across the hall. So it just makes sense that way as well. Yeah. So, there was just some really intentional design. Uh, we're readers, our whole family is readers. So we have bedside sconces, um, we wear glasses, you know, our, most of us have our phones near the bed at night. So there's always some sort of little stool or table next to the bed to set those things. Um, the bunk beds have niches so that you can, you know, slide the things in there. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves when staying at Airbnb, I guess I have two. <laughs> I don't want my bed pushed up against the wall, mm. a double bed. If yep. it's a twin bed, not a, not such a big deal. But we've stayed in places where one of us has to crawl over the other or, you know, we go out to the end of the bed to get out of bed. And there were a couple of places that we stayed. I'm like, what do we do with our glasses? Yeah. You know, yeah. We've just finished reading. Now, what am I doing with my phone, my glasses, my book, whatever. So, that's a big pet peeve. Um, another thing is I, I don't like to be shorted things. I don't like to feel like things have been rationed for me. Mm. Um, I've stayed place where places where they've left us, you know, maybe two thousand where there are two days and there's two of us. I'm like, I I know a lot of people reuse their shadows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not one of those people. So we put plenty of towels and washcloths out. If you go through them and we've had people go through them, I'm, I'm like, how, really, how did you go through 24 towels in two days? <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's happened. Um, so, you know, we just, we try to pay attention to those things uh, so that people have a really positive experience and they're not left thinking, Oh, I wish this, or I wish that about the space. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate those details. And I was just on your website clicking through some of the photos and, you know, you can, can see just how how beautiful um, each of the things that you just described are. And again, the the incredible attention to detail. I'm curious to hear a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned that you you designed and, and built this place um, in, in memory of your father. And I'd love yeah. to just, as much as you're willing to share, just hear a little bit about him and, and how you thought yeah. about him while bringing the space to life. Yeah, I, I will share that and I'll try to keep it together. Yeah. I will tell you that you, we've rescheduled this a couple of times. Yeah. The first date you had set was would have actually been his birthday. And oh, I, wow. I sent out, you know, text to the family. I said, pray for me, pray for me. Yeah, yeah. Really so I was actually glad that he got, we got to move got it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was a blessing. Um, my dad and I were really close. Um, I know people say this, but my dad is 
was definitely my hero. Yeah. So he always had my back. Um, he, he had a bizarre sense of humor, and, but he's known for making people laugh and just being goofy sometimes. And um, so I just, you know, I have a real fondness for my dad. He was always fair and loving and I just knew he, he was there. Yeah. So he passed away. It'll be seven years in December. Um, so when we started the cabin, you know, it was about five years and still it's, it's, I know that may sound crazy to someone who hasn't lost someone that close to them, but it's still, you know, you still think about that. Yeah. So we were struggling with what to name the cabin, naming your cabin or your vacation rental is a huge stressful deal. <laughs> so way more stressful than what it ought to be. And we toyed with some different names. Dad had a ladder that uh, we found still up in the top of his workshop. And it was a 12 foot long extension ladder, wooden extension ladder. And mom had said, oh, that's your dad's original ladder when he started, you know, working as a carpenter and building homes. The thing was so ridiculously heavy. <laughs> it was insane. Um, so I knew, I asked her if I could have it and she said, yes. So I knew it was going to be used somehow. And this was, this was like three years, four years ago, maybe. So I didn't know how it was going to be used. I knew once we started the cabin that I wanted to incorporate that into it. And it's actually being used in a different place than what I thought it was going to be. And we did have to cut it down. What you see leading up to the perch is about a third of it. Okay. So it's, it's huge. Um, but it's the perfect spot for that ladder. Um, the, the perch was kind of a surprise. We realized when we started the blueprints that there was just that little bit of extra space up there that we could create a getaway. And my dad's name was Jay. And so he had a nickname. Small town had a nickname, Jaybird. Okay. So we considered calling it, you know, the Jaybird Nest or the Nest or, or whatever and just landed on the perch. So even it, the naming of the perch, you know, with the ladder there, um, you know, those are all reminders of dad. And then down the back hall, we made it wider than a traditional hall. We call it the gallery hall. And most people don't know why those modern framed old dirty pieces of tools or tools are are back there but they're tools from my dad's workshop so just a little reminder again you know he would have thought we were crazy for building it's like one home's enough to take care of why you want another but he would have supported <laughs> it you know yeah he would calling me every day um you know he would forget things sometimes sometimes he'd call me three times a day because he forgot that he had called but he would have been calling every day through the process and just how's it going and would have been a sounding board and yeah so but yeah. It, what's really cool is that our son built that steel staircase and the rails okay so as soon as we walk in i see the steel staircase that my son made and just behind it and above it, dad's ladder. Wow. So we immediately have that family connection. My son and my dad were very, very close. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice to have that. And it's, even if people don't know the story behind all of that stuff, it's just, 
it's so nice whenever they appreciate and respect um, our vacation home, our family vacation home. It's hard when people um, are less just respectful to it. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to take, but you get that in the hospitality industry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Jamie, thank you so much for, for sharing that, that story. He, your dad sounds like made a, it through. you made it through, you made it through. Yes, I know. I was, I was, uh, yeah. Uh, wondering if you would, but, uh, you, you pulled through, um, but he's, I mean, he just sounds like a, a an incredible man. And honestly, it's just, it's so special to that you've been able to create a space that will really just honor his legacy, right? And yeah. how your your grandchildren and, you know, their children and their children's children, like they will know their grand, grand, grand dad or whatever it is, right? As the man who built that ladder or as, you know, the right. man whose tools those were, right? And just talk about like a really a really great way of like honoring him. Um, I, yeah. and yeah, you can, again, you can just tell by looking through the photos too, just how, how special this, this space is. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. I, I, I do want to ask, um, you, the Carpenter's Cabin was, was sort of the, the OG, like the, the right. original, <laughs> uh, uh, vacation rental home that you all, that you all designed. But, um, I know that you have a, a couple of others that you, uh, that are underway, a couple of other projects that are, that are, that you're working on. I also know that you all have done a really good job of uh, marketing yourselves on Instagram. You've got, you know, 12,000 plus followers and you've got really good content. So I want to, I want to hear a little bit about, you know, what you've learned in terms of kind of marketing the Carpenter's Cabin, how you, how you thought about marketing it. Um, what, what, you know, percentage roughly of, of direct bookings you all are generating. Uh, and then I want to dive into hearing a little bit more about the new projects that you have underway as well. You know, we, um, we were really lucky, very blessed that, um, and it was also scary, Levi Kelly, who is a huge Airbnb reviewer, um, was our very first guest. Okay. So there was no pressure whatsoever in there. Um, he is a great guy, but once he uploaded the videos and started sharing them, things took off for us. Wow. And then we had Moody Cabin Girl who focuses on Midwest cabins, um, do a blog and you know share some photos. And that was huge. Um, and some other smaller influencers stay. And we really learned the importance of pairing with influencers, but also the right influencers. Yeah. Um, and that's been kind of a, a test for us. And I think we're finally, we actually have a, a requirement sheet because we get a lot of requests. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And we'll look at it and we're like, mm, no, I don't think that's going to work. So there are several factors we look at, but that was huge to growing our followers on Instagram. Um, we also did a lot of reach out because it is built as a sustainable uh, green build. Uh, again, from the outside in, that was important to our family. Yeah. It wasn't a gimmick. Um, we, and because I have connections as an interior designer, I reached out to someone I knew at Sherman Williams and I said, Hey, uh, we're building this as sustainable and green. What product would you recommend? And would you be interested in partnering with us? And, you know, they talk about timing. We hit it just right with timing. They were coming out with a new product, a uh, super paint product that is zero VOC uh, air purifying technology paint. 
So we were blessed to be gifted with the primer and that paint, paint performs very well. So we had some partners like that along the way as well that, that helped us um, exchange for marketing and, and that sort of thing. So those were huge boosts. It helped me to have a degree in design, yeah. uh, graphic design. And, you know, I had had some photography courses and, you know, folks like Shelby will, <laughs> you know, they're incredible photographers. Um, so Shelby's images have done wonders for us as well, but I'm in a, I'm adept just enough uh, with a personal camera or my iPhone camera to share some images that, you know, capture people's attention and do a little editing as well. The learning curve for me was, you know, how to get people to actually like us and comment on those photos. And that's, a, you know, that's, you're always learning that because yeah. they're always changing. It's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm trying to figure out TikTok. So, <laughs> I don't know. It might be a lost cause. <laughs> but yeah, that was the learning curve. And, um, you know, just that background in advertising. I had some tricks under my belt, but um, it's it. there's still a lot there. I think we're going to partner with an SEO specialist. Um, we, we do have something exciting. It's going to take a lot of time, but I think it'll be really cool for our followers. We're going to start a blog oh, um, nice. on our website. And I'm not a blog reader. So if, you, if I'm going to go to your blog, you better offer me something that I'm really interested in. Um, so our content is going to be, it's kind of, kind of be, be a cross between a blog and a vlog. So okay. we're going to have some, some video content. Um, so we're going to capture some video and do some Q&A with some of the local providers and not so local providers that we use. Um, the guy who is making the custom kitchen cabinets for one of our new builds uh, is new to the area and is exceptional. So we're going to kind of capture some video of him working on those pieces and do the Q&A and of course share those on our social media as well. And we've got a whole list of folks we're going to do that with, uh, including, I'm hoping they'll, they'll do this. So our supplier for the luxury bath towels, okay. um, it's a family owned company and they are, oh my gosh, they're the sweetest people. I, I just love working with them. Um, they split their time between here in the U.S. and in Turkey. So wow. their facilities are in Turkey. So I'm hoping we can do some sort of a Zoom interview and they can kind of show us their processes and people can learn more about why these towels are good for the environment and amazing to use. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go that, that route and share some of our sustainability and green selections we've made for our builds, and then how you can incorporate some of those same practices in an existing home, which is a little bit harder to do than building from the ground up. Going sure. green, there's something that you can do. So we're going to do a, a little bit of a, you know entertainment and um, you know just education there and. Hopefully it, it works for us. I, I love this idea. And what, what's so cool about it, right, is 
again, as somebody who spent a lot of time in Airbnbs over the last year and a half, you do come to you come into contact with a, a an array of products. Like right. and you're often you are you see a lot of the repeats, um, you know. Right. But but you also see you also see new things and things that you haven't uh, experienced before. And like my wife would always go like look at the tag and try to like think, oh wow, okay, I, I do like this towel. Like where is right. it from, right? <laughs> right. And it, it's cool. Uh, to and we would ask the host sometimes like hey where did you get your you know linen sheets from or you know what what have you um but it's it's a really neat idea for you all with your with your website to use it as a a platform a a storytelling vehicle to introduce other people to the people that help make your stay such a remarkable memorable experience um and telling their stories is is wonderful it's like you know the people behind the things that you love in the stays um right exactly (laughs) i I like i like that a lot um so talk to us uh, a a little bit about these new projects so you've got 1234 and then you've got the glow cabin so what what Talk to us just, I guess, a little bit about what these structures are, uh, what what kind of homes these will be, and then the names and 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 you know how how if at all they're they're distinct. Yeah. So basically, the only thing they have in common with each other is that they are sustainably built. Okay. And they're luxe. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Twelve thirty four will be our most luxe. Um, we don't call it a cabin because other than the fact it's plopped in the middle of a forest, there's nothing cabin like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it will also be ADA friendly. Uh, we've taken, you know, we've looked at the, the design and I designed them, them both, all three, you know, of course were designed by me, but 1234, it's not that we ever actually plan to live on property, but if we do, 1234 yeah. is being built and has been designed for us, for Scott and I. Okay. So at, you know, 57 and 59 years old, we <laughs> we, we see the wheelchair getting closer and closer to us, you know. We hope it never comes to that, but we just want to be prepared just in case. Yeah. Um, there are some trails down there that are wheelchair friendly. Yeah. So there are a few cabins that can accommodate, but it's kind of an afterthought. So this is the first one I know of that was actually designed specifically for wheelchair um, guests. Yeah. And the only one I know of that's going to be Lux. Um, so they're going to get those same same awesome products so the same towels the same bedding are going to be used in all three what's great about that too sorry just real fast just to to comment on that and and i to validate your your thinking and idea here obviously you're you're thinking about what if we were to be there as we as we get older but also just when people want to travel with their grandparents or their parents right it does it does there is some friction involved like i i distinctly remember our family having a vacation in estes park in colorado and like it was what was difficult is my my grandparent ended up having to stay somewhere you know 20 minutes right. down the road where they could be more comfortable right, right. And, and the cabins right. weren't actually conducive to to their needs so right. I, I love i just want to validate this cuz it also it also speaks to the fact that you all are just designing an experience where, you know, that can be like a multifamily vacation, right? An extended family vacation. And it's important to remember grandpa and grandma in the mix. So anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it's not always grandma and grandpa. I mean, they're they're young people too. Exactly. You know, need to get out and want to see 
all that Hawking Hills has to offer and, you know, the rentals have limitations. So, you know, we just wanted to be aware of that too. And sometimes, sometimes you're in a, you know, a wheelchair temporarily exactly, you know, exactly. surgery or something. And we wanted a place to run away to <laughs> if that ever happened. So, but we still wanted that luxury experience. It is 1234. Um, I'd like to describe it as Rod Stewart meets James Bond. Beautiful. Uh, it's very moody and sexy. Um, it is mid-century modern inspired. Um, it One of the luxuries, not that it's large, it's about 1,400 square feet, only sleeps four people, has two bedrooms, two baths. But one of the luxuries is space. Mm. So the bedrooms are large. I'm not a fan of teeny tiny bedrooms. <laughs> the carpenter's cabin does not have teeny tiny bedrooms. These are the most spacious bedrooms. Each of the bathrooms are 11 by 17. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So the, the space is one of the luxuries. Chef's kitchen. Um, there aren't a lot of windows on the front or the two sides. The windows are all on the back. Wow. So there are each bedroom has a 12 foot wide by eight foot tall slider. And then the common space has a 16 foot wide by eight foot tall bifold glass okay. patio. Yeah. That opens to the deck. That decking, it's 1234 sits at the edge of the ravine, and then that deck covers into the ravine. Wow. Beautiful. So it's going to be, wow. we've got a couple of really big surprises for that one that I'm not quite ready to divulge yes, yet. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to hang that, hang those back a little bit. But, um, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm just, when you walk up to the front door, I knew because there weren't a lot of windows on the front, it had to make a statement. So the door itself is four feet wide by eight feet tall. And then on each side, there's a two foot side light. So you're walking up to an eight foot by eight foot door Okay. of walnut. Wow. So it's, it's impressive. You know, you've arrived, you know, you've arrived someplace different. Um, glow cabin is totally different. Um, it's different from the other two. It is, um, small. It's our tiny build. It's 450 square feet. It's meant as a romantic getaway, uh, one bedroom, one bath, but it's not like you're probably picturing a tiny build would be. Sure. Sure. So if you, if you would kind of conjure up maybe like a, um, California modern cottage, that would be more the vibe of it. It's very light and eerie, uh, ethereal. Uh, I describe it as Colby Calais. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, if you, I don't know if you noticed or not, but on our website, there's a, a the playlist. playlist. Yes, I saw. I saw yeah. that. So it kind of tells you the mood of what we're going for Brilliant. at each cabin. And then while you're there, you can pull it up and play it. Um, but it is it's going to be completely magical. And it's called Glow Cabin because that particular spot on the property, as long as the sun is out anywhere, <laughs> it, it just streams through there and yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. But we have, so we have the ravine on the property. In the ravine, there's a peninsula. Okay. And Glow Cabin sits on the point of that peninsula. So you're surrounded by ravine on three sides. Wow. 
It is all doors and windows. There are five French doors and three large windows <laughs> for that 450 square foot Jeez. Uh, rental. And um, there are three decks. And we're officially making breakfast decks a thing. Breakfast decks. Okay. A breakfast deck. Okay. Yeah. So it will be set up so you can take your coffee and your your donuts or bagel out there and and enjoy that. The back of the cabin, which will be the most private, um, that deck will have a sunken Japanese cedar spa. Wow. And so it's, yeah, it's meant to be very romantic. I mean, you could get away there by yourself, but it's actually meant for, you know, some special moments. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. I, I cannot wait to, to see these, uh, when, once they're live, do you have a, do you have a target like launch date for either of the cabins? I know, I know how crazy it's like you say one thing and then it's six months later. <laughs> right, exactly. We, uh, we were actually hoping to have them ready this past March. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I'm hoping that we're through most of the slowdowns. Yep. Um, I can't promise that, but our goal is to open in October, which is peak season. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, but definitely by November, um, we have a, I handpicked everybody, all of the subs, um, and I just feel really comfortable and confident in their abilities. And um, I, I think that we will get there. Wow. Well, Jamie, this has been uh, this has been amazing. I, I really appreciate you taking time again to share your story and to share your expertise with us too. And you know, it's funny you 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 seem uh, you you talk as if it's you're you're kind of humble and it's just it's just all been pieced together and whatnot. But it's clear to me that there's been a, a lot of intentionality <laughs> thought you know through kind of strung along the way here and even just thinking through how how to go about uh, marketing these places. How you know how to design for. Um, a particular persona, like a particular travel persona, right? And right. and and whatnot, and even the your, the intentionality beyond just sustainability and thinking through different components of hey, we if we're gonna have these three cabins on this property, let's make sure that there's at least one that's ADA compliant. Like all all of this is 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 clearly um, been been quite thought out. And I just want to again validate you and thank you for your intentionality. It's really great to know that there are people like you building cool experiences uh, in this space. Well, and we hope that they're each different enough that you'll want to experience each multiple. One. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. I, I got that too. It's uh, it's another smart play. Um, well, for folks that want to stay at one, uh, I guess the Carpenter's Cabin right now, and then eventually the Globe Cabin in 1234, um, we'll, uh, we'll have links to the Carpenter's Cabin in the show notes right now. We'll have links to your Instagram in the show notes uh, right now, as well as your website. Is there anywhere else you'd want us to send folks that might be tuning in and wanting to learn a little bit more about you and, and what you're doing? Yeah, so you can book direct on our website. Uh, we use a property management software, so it's not like you're just calling us up and Venmoing us payment. Yeah, um, it's actually a program set up to do this, so you will always be able to book all three on there, and that's actually um, the best way to book for okay. a couple of reasons. It's going to save you money because it saves us money. Yep. Um, you also get you get a more personal experience with us. Whereas you book through a platform, we're often restrict restricted as to what we can share or, you know, how that gets shared. We have to stay on platform or yep. whatever. 
Um, so you can't, if you're more comfortable booking through Airbnb, the Carpenter's Cabin is currently on Airbnb. Um, I don't know that it will always be on Airbnb. Uh, we're also on boutiquehomes.com, uh, sustainable stays. Uh, we're on both of those. Uh, so if you're more comfortable with the platform, you go there. That's great. We still get it rented and still make money. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is not our plan to immediately open the two new cabins on either uh, any of those platforms. Yep. Okay. Um, they will only be booked direct. Yep. Um, and I will say that we have, we call the VIP club, um, where you can sign up for SMS text messages. Um, those folks who are on our text list will have first opportunity to grab dates once we open our booking windows for the two new ones. We feel like if you've signed up to accept text, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty careful about who I allow to text yeah. me. <laughs> so, and we don't spam, um, but you know, they're going to get first notification. They'll get, you know, a few days heads up, then we'll move to our email list. Um, so make sure that even if you're not comfortable with signing up for text message, at least get on our email list so that you can get the email updates. Um, and then we'll open to social media. So, you know, we kind of have a tiered approach Launch plan. To, yeah. to rolling out. Yeah. We just want to thank those people who have trusted us enough and, you know, decided, hey, we, we really like you. So we're going to let you text us or email us. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, and we, uh, we will, in that case, we'll just have links to your website, your Instagram below. And if someone is really hungry for an Airbnb listing, they can reach out to you on Instagram and you can send it to them there. But, um, but Jamie, thank you so much for, for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, again, thank you for sharing a bit of your father's story with us, a bit of the, your story with us and your family story. It's been, it's been a real privilege. Thank you. Thanks for having, thanks for having me on. Like I said, out of my comfort zone, but it's been great. <laughs> Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.